0: Gig Gab, episode 415 for Monday, February 5th, International Clash Day 2024. And welcome to Gig Gab, the show by for and about working musicians. Our sponsor today is Bandzoogle.com, where you can use the promo code Gig Gab EPK to get ten percent off the first year of their new EPK plan subscription. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton, and today uh, we're bringing back uh, our a friend of the show, and uh, we'll we'll talk all about the stuff you do, but but you know front of house for. Uh, Florence and the Machine, in the past, Queensrÿche, Rush. I think Bruce Hornsby. The list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Brad Maddox, thank you so much for coming back on the show.
1: I'm very happy to be here again, Dave. Yeah,
0: yeah, thanks. I, it, it is International Clash Day. They're like one of the few bands that has their own International Day, but it's also National Shower with a Friend Day. If
1: you if you want to go that route. <laughs> I think I'm that's that is long behind me. <laughs> you guys you guys have fun.
0: Uh so Brad the the it, it this is your second time on the show with us. Here the the first time was in April or maybe May of 2020 right after we all kind of knew that things were not happening in the live music world for a little bit and yeah. uh And we had a nice conversation about what you had done and what you might hope to do (laughs) again someday. And then we had a a year or more of how long, I guess that's a great place to start. Like how you, you know, you're at least up and up until that point, you were at a level in your career where you were doing sound for a list touring acts. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is. Did you did you when did you wind up working in the live arena again after that? Like, what was your first tour? Did you start doing s- smaller gigs or did you wait until there was a big national tour to, to go do?
1: Well, the, the, the funny thing is that um, I, I had been slated to do uh, the Motley Crew tour that was supposed to go out that year. Yep. And um, they said, oh, we're going to have to push it back till uh, July and then oh, we're going to push it back to the fall. And then it just sort of went away altogether. Of
0: course, yeah. And
1: um, the next thing that came up was early 2022, and it was Florence Machine. So that basically filled up my my break was COVID. (laughs) Wow, Florence the Machine tour took two years off or whatever, and then back on Florence the Machine. So um, uh, I want to say it was. February 2022 was the first uh, gig I did, maybe March.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you really, you did take all of that COVID lockdown uh, off.
1: Uh, more or less. I more or, or less. Or yeah. Try to keep myself busy, but yeah.
0: Sure. Sure. And, and it, it, I, so I have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> what what did you do in the interim to keep yourself busy? You mentioned the last time you were on, you have Diablo digital, which is a company yeah. that you created uh, with a partner who it will tell us what, what does Diablo digital do?
1: So, uh, uh, my partner is Greg Price, who's not currently Metallica's front of house engineer, and he had done Aussie. And I, I've known him since the 80s. We started a recording business, a multi track touring recording business, about 12 years ago, sort of formalized it about 10 years ago, and uh, grew from four systems uh, that we'd built together up to, I don't even know, 60 or so. Wow. Um, and we've had them out on a lot of different things, Rolling Stones, YouTube, our own tours. Um, and, uh, uh, that is pretty much a matured business at this point. Um, so during the pandemic, I really kind of refocused on that. I mean, there was a lot of things like we'll try streaming, we'll try, um, you know, podcasting, try this, try that. But what it really wound up happening was i uh, i got focused on upgrading some of the older touring systems you know cleaning things up um you know uh upgrading oss and uh, sure. versions of 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 the DAWs.
0: all the things uh, that you and,
1: can't do, yeah, that you don't do when you're, do busy. Right, right. When you're exactly. busy right yeah right so check everything take it apart blow it out Oh, reinstall the os or install the new os so anyway uh that kept me getting into the office a few times a week anyway for, or uh, whatever wound up being 16 months or so. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Huh. And yeah. it, uh, those,
0: th- those recording uh, rigs that either you use or you, I assume loan out to other tours that are using them. Yeah. They, they're taking those and, and then using them to, to record and then release their own albums or live albums or streams or whatever yeah. it is they want to do.
1: So they're used, they're useful in a number of ways. That's one. Um, and that has happened on a few occasions. Um like the Rolling Stones will use it and every once in a while, put out a little nugget, you know, one <laughs> song, uh, well, along with video on their, on their website. Um, uh, for example, and I know, uh, I recorded Sarah Borales with one of them and when that turned into a record uh live at Hollywood Bowl. Uh we recorded um Florence the Machine at uh Madison Square Garden. It, well maybe anyway, but at a show somewhere, somewhere. I think <laughs> yeah. uh, And that turned into a, a record. Uh so yeah also it's just really useful for engineers to have to to play back and um know that, you know, they check their work, but also Let's do something called virtual sound check where we where they can play the actual band through the pa during the day and it's uh you know a pretty good replication of what the band is going to sound like later so that's super useful a lot, a lot oh, of engineers yeah. just use it for that oh yeah um uh we're sort of starting to embark on maybe more tighter integration with video um for post-production it's something we've been trying to do for a long time but uh we're just getting to that point where that's um more viable from a technological standpoint yep so it's always been like we we out on a tour and the tour is carrying 90 percent of what they need to do to make a movie yeah and um i think taylor swift opened a lot of eyes this year with that movie she that made a lot of money um and suddenly people are, are far more interested in <laughs> The technology, because uh, you do have a lot of what you would need to, to do that, you know, currently on the tour.
0: Absolutely. We had a yeah. uh, a friend of mine, Davis Thurston, who is a sound engineer locally here. I've worked with him a bunch and he <coughs> sort of is uh, similar to, to you. You know, during the pandemic, he took some time and he'd always had this vision of doing a multicam live stream and and or mm-hmm. recording of you know local bands and he mm. i'll put a link in the in the show notes for anybody that wants to listen if you didn't yeah. but davis went nuts and he figured out like you know the, the he could he can do eight gopros and he figured out if he's using mm. an Atom switcher you know this port can take a 30 foot hdmi cable this port can only take a six foot one but he figured it out <laughs> and he can live yeah. record awesome. and, and mix it because it doesn't take that much more to your point I, you know, even a local band has a lot of what you need
1: to make yeah. a movie these days. Yeah. 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 I mean, and there's like people playing around with other technologies like um, uh, setting up uh, iPhones on stands around the stage yeah, and and, and streaming the, vi- the video content to a central location and doing like, a, you know, either ingesting the video or, and I mean, you know, it's 4K video. It's, yeah. It's not bad it's not (laughs) bad no (laughs) yeah so anyway so we're we're poking around at that um still the big hurdle from a live standpoint is you know being able to upload or stream these things from a remote venue which may or may not have the greatest internet uh but we're starting to see you know more and more places where it's viable okay
0: Um, i mean you don't need that much right i mean if you're doing the the, even a 4k mix if you're doing the the mix locally right so you're only sending one 4k stream away i mean Mm -hmm. you know what do you need Mm -hmm. 50 megabits per second i mean it has to be consistent and clean don't get me wrong i understand
1: yeah it's got to be like really tight you know um you're not going to do it on wi-fi you can't
0: use wi-fi right fair yeah, 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 fair. uh, yeah
1: so um you probably want to lease a line if you're, if it's really kind of important that you send it somewhere yeah.
0: like or if use satellite. Paid, if people have paid for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So
1: um, I don't know. I, I think we're looking at something maybe a little bit more involved in that, like sending multi, like, like pushing multi-track to a remote Got it. site for like, um, anyways, there's a lot of ideas that require, High bandwidth, but really more importantly, bandwidth that cannot go away. Like it's got to be Rock a line solid. that's totally solid, and nobody else has got trapped. It's like a dark fiber line that nobody else is using. Yep. Uh, that kind of thing. So, are, are venues
0: putting these in because they know that this is going to happen? I mean,
1: t- <laughs> if you pay for it, <laughs> if you oh, okay, all right. Well,
0: I mean, I know that like I, I'm a I'm a fan of the band Fish, right? And they've been doing live streams since of of you know what 90 percent of their shows or something for for years not maybe not quite a decade but but close
1: and yeah straight up a straight up live stream from the site is definitely doable okay uh most most facilities most arenas will have enough enough bandwidth on site that as long as you can block it out for what you're doing and my impression is as long as you pay for it you can do that got it okay <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, we're looking at more like you know we need to get on fiber to a remote location and um you know like we might be looking at doing stuff in a movie theater for example like that kind of thing so uh um, it. it's a little more involved than simply streaming i mean yeah. it's so i'm not like, saying it's so simple to stream like five years ago it was impossible, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And now yeah, it's yeah. kinda now it's like that's yeah, not that big of a Now
0: anymore. we take it for granted. If it doesn't work, we we're totally. pissed, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: No, totally, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Like if you can't do it from the airplane, you're disappointed. You're dis- yeah, why <laughs> can't I stream
0: Netflix from the plane? <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. You know, yeah, yeah. I want my four K yeah. on my Apple
1: Vision Pro, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So uh so that's the sort of what's on the horizon right now. Yeah. Um uh you know just simply multi track recording of show has become kind of mundane, like people do it all the time, yeah you do it on a laptop in most cases That's yeah a deal
0: yeah and and mm. it i mean your your diablo rigs that that you're providing to people are they are they recording to a laptop or is it is it more involved in that or
1: um it's more involved in that we're we're our systems tend to be uh, sync involved so you can sync the video Got it, uh, which probably will be doable on a laptop in five years. Um, it's just not really right now. Not Got it. not in a very not in a very precise way. OK. OK. Uh, so you figured out
0: the precise way of doing this so that it's yeah. essentially turnkey for a tour that wants to go and and do this. kind. That's of That's the idea. That's yep. the idea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That, that's 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 fascinating. That's fascinating. It's a handful. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, but that's, that's where business opportunity comes from, right? Like you right. take on the handful, you figure it out, you deliver this turnkey thing and people say, thank yeah. you, you know, and, and hopefully write right. you a check.
1: Yeah. Cause it's a giant pain to do. We do it. So you don't have to, we do it. So you don't have to
0: right? No, that, yeah. that totally makes sense.
1: Yep. Yeah, Yep.
0: So, okay. Yeah, Go ahead. Did you have something? No, else to no nothing. I was, I was wrapping up. That's cool. Oh no. Yeah. It's good. Um, so you've been back out on the road uh, and since the covid lockdowns it, it, what is it how what is different about normal now in your world uh, I, I mean i'm i i assume but there's no reason to assume that like it, it seems like at least in gigs at my level which is much lower uh that you know the, the concerns about testing and all that have just like evaporated and no one's thinking about that but there there have been some changes in terms of Clubs wanting to have, you know, guarantees are are kind of out the the window and that sort of thing. The last time you were on, you sort of uh, uh, posited that guarantees might go away at the top end of the industry too, because Mm -hmm. insurance companies uh, found out they had to pay out when there's a pandemic. You know, so like, what's different about your world, if anything, these days?
1: Yeah, so. Um, the testing thing kind of ended for us also a year, a year or so ago. Okay, I mean, that's, about the same time. I mean, yeah. Right. So people are really doing it um, on a regular basis. Uh, a funny story. I, so I went to – I started this show with Florence Machine in rehearsals in London. And we rehearsed together for uh, several weeks, so five or six weeks. We tested every day before we had to come in. Uh, once the band rehearsals were over, we loaded out, we moved up to the first show, which is an underplay, which means we're playing a small club, right? Yep. Uh, and um, it just sort of generates some buzz. Uh, went in, loaded in, rehearsed there for a couple days. I woke up the day of the first show, took a test and tested positive. Oh. And of course, they're like, well, you can't come in. <laughs> First show, show one. Um, oh, and. We had built in like some redundancies, and I think that's something we we still do now. Okay. Uh, as as it happened, also two of the members of the band got it, and we had recorded uh, stems of their of whatever they whatever they played. We put it on a, a, a left right. Yep. S- stemmed it out, and we had taken those uh, stems and cut them. I like. I went to the venue long enough to like grab a hard drive, went back to the hotel, cut the stems, send them to the playback guy. And the, um, for the first handful of shows, four or five, uh, it was various versions of the playback being a stem of somebody in the band Yeah, because they couldn't come to the venue. Um, so we kept doing that for the whole tour. Uh, it was like if there was ever anything to happen to a band member, you know, from getting sick to being let go or whatever. Yep. We we had in the box a recording of everything they played that we could put onto. But it did wind up getting used one at least one more time in my memory, where um, one of the members of the band left their passport in their wardrobe oh. case and couldn't and couldn't leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> so. We had um, I had the the recording of, of what they played, and we did a combination of someone filling in for them, but then like the songs that that person couldn't quite get around. It's like the day before. Yeah, right. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. That it's that, tough that, to yeah.
0: sub. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: So, so like whatever, right. And also, by the way, we're playing like twenty thousand people, so it's not like you know. Yeah, yeah. The stakes so, are higher. Yeah. Right. So it's got to be kind of right. Um, <laughs> they uh, they used the record. They used he played. Uh, quite a bit of it. And then they use the recording for a handful of songs that he just really didn't have time to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one, that's one thing that we do. and I will do from now on is track stems of what everybody plays just because you never know.
0: It's really smart. Um, we, we have a, a guy who's been on the show a couple of times. This guy, Mike Schulte plays in a, a fairly sizable cover band out in the Midwest mm-hmm. called the pork tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, they, they it's a great they're, name. It's a great, it's a fantastic <laughs> name. Uh, they, uh, I mean, they'll play, you know, five to 10,000 seat venues. Like they're, you know, they do flyaways right. Right. And, and this sort of thing. And nice. he said, they're, they're going into the studio to, to record exactly this so that they've mm-hmm. got sort of replacements for every member. If, if, you know, last mm-hmm. minute something mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Yeah makes sense i saw yeah. i saw a keith urban show at south by southwest i don't know mm-hmm. half a dozen years ago or something and uh the bass player there was no bass player on stage and i mm-hmm. i tweeted about it i'm like what's going on and uh it turns right. out the guy that like was you know having surgery for something and right. a bunch of the right. fans knew and they're like oh yeah they you know he was their md and i guess still is he's back with them mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh but, you know, they just were like, oh, yeah, we record every show. So, that you know, that's what. Yeah, doing.
1: there you go. There's the base. Here you go. There's yeah, the
0: base. Yeah. yeah. We just play to that. Everything's to a click anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I suppose the Florence tour is to a click. Otherwise, you couldn't get away with playing the stems uh, yeah, live. All,
1: almost all of it. There's a lot of time code that yep. goes on. So you have to have a click. The time code is uh, firing video, firing lighting, uh, firing snapshots and audio. So um, there were out of, I don't know, the 20-something songs we played, there were probably six that were free that were not on any kind of click. Um, The rest of it, varying levels of playback, um, you know, from like full orchestral sort of things to... uh, you know, to just whatever, like little sort of little beds here and there. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot, there was a lot of stuff on the last record that uh, Jack Adanoff produced that there were like these little weird sounds like uh sort of strange horn parts just sort of coming in and out. And uh for example, and um it was just not going to be like, we're carrying a horn section. So right. for that, we, we, you know, we just used the, we use the stems from the the record, and a lot of the other thing that happened was we had a lot of uh, different personnel changes, and the click, the click requirements from different people really kind of changed. So we didn't have like one click; we had like four. Really? So there was like one for one person in the band, and one for the singer. You know, um, one. Not, so,
0: we're not just talking different. Like, levels of the click in their mix, but but different click different, patterns? No, different
1: actual... Yes. Yeah. so, for example, Florence just wants the beginning of the song and then wants it oh. to go away, right? And then she just wants to sing with the band. And so unless there's a cue where she has to come back in after...
0: Silence whatever
1: uh, yeah. thirty Whatever, 30 seconds of free play. Uh, but in the meantime, the drummer needs to click, like, all the time, right? Uh. Uh, and then, like, different members of the band might want it... Uh, you know, they need to know when. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't the person running it. So okay. Yeah. I was going w- to ask. I don't know. It's, there it's, might be a certain queue that they need to lock Yeah.
0: Uh, lock in. You know, with.
1: to uh, count, count in for a thing that they're supposed to play or do or whatever. So, uh, yeah, there were three or four different clicks and time code. So we had 20, I don't know, say 20 channels ish. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so four of those were the two band members that were missing at the beginning of the tour. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so right off the bat, we have this sort of just in, just in case sets, uh, and then there was time code and a handful of clicks. I mean, the last third of what we were using had nothing to do with audio at all, really. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Certainly. Yeah. The, the, the audience would never hear it. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's interesting. So,
0: I, I this reminds me of a thing. There was a, a a series of I wouldn't call it a movie, but it it was a series of um, sort of glimpses into various different angles of one of the rush tours that you did. And and you were in the front of house part of it explaining things. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it,
1: it, it, it was beyond beyond the backstage or something beyond like the lighted that. stage, uh, maybe. But, uh, no, no, I don't think that was it. No, to direct of a cop. I remember it. It was kind of a series.
0: Yeah. It was, they were like six of them and they were 20 minutes long each or something. Yeah. The one where they were working with the guy who was running monitors, he, he talked about how he was actively mixing the monitors for them live. Like, Mm -hmm. like knowing, like, I'm going to bring up a guitar here at the beginning of this song. I'm going to bring it back Mm -hmm. down. You you know what, whatever It, it, and it sounds like that kind of thing could also have happened with the, you know, I need the click here or there. But instead now it's, it's just all coded out and there's it's not left up to, to interpretation by a human. Is that right? Or at least on this. Uh-huh.
1: Well, I think so. Rush did not play to a click, so there was not any right, right. time code running. But Brent, Brent Carpenter was the engineer's name. On OK, yeah. thank you. Yeah, he he uh, wrote God knows how many scenes on the desk to you know bump levels up and down for people when uh they might need a little more of a certain instrument to play along to whatever right? sure and yeah. um the uh um time code on the in the shows that use it sort of gives you the opportunity to not you, you can don't have to be focused on stepping to the next you, scene the it'll it'll you, step you, you know, to the
0: next scene for it takes
1: you. it takes care of business for you and then you're just really focused on the handful of elements of vocal yeah uh, you know maybe there's a you know so like i'll program a i'll program a scene where the guitar gets turned up for solo for example but i also have a vca in front of me and if it's just too much or not enough i can sort of write it up or down a little bit got it Uh so it's not rigid but it's taking care of the meat and the potatoes for you. Uh, I think Lincoln Park was a really good example of this. So we, just, we time-coded that show. And there was a lot going on as far as little bumps up and down and level, but I could program that stuff. Interesting. So okay, so I you're could,
0: you're programming scenes for the show and then stepping through those scenes or letting the time code step you through time if, code, if that's yeah, there. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Huh. And in the scenes also, like I would write a little uh, note on the console's uh, GUI that would sort of tell me when the next scene was supposed to happen just in case I lost time code or, or yeah. something. I mean, the truth is you sort of wind up memorizing it. Um, but uh, there, with like Linkin Park, I said, like was a good example of the lots of little nuanced changes in level uh, that time code took care of for me. And I could just really pay attention to the two singers up there yeah writing writing vocals up and down so uh i wasn't like relying on compression or whatever to to, do to take care of that for, for me. you yeah right. to do it for i mean we used it of course Yeah, of course still yeah still it was like a very much focused on the stage and those two people singing and rapping and and being in the moment with with them and, and being able to ride through the changes as they as they came along
0: that's really interesting mm-hmm. i i you know i'm i do a lot of theater work and so the the idea of using scenes in that it's i mean i can't mm-hmm. i've seen people try no pun intended try to mix a sh- a, a theater show by hand like riding mutes but yeah. it it's a disaster it, like it, at best yeah i don't know, yeah. it, I don't know it, how you do it i don't know how yeah i i mean it's poorly is usually the the answer to that question i mean you, you know i would I would be on stage and realize, oh, there's like four vocal mics that aren't yet unmuted or, or there's four vocal mics that are unmuted, but they're off stage talking to each other. Like this is terrible. So I'm used to the scenes for that, using scenes for that or having scenes used for that. Never thought about them for a, a, you know, a a rock show or music, you know, a a live Um, band. But I mean, it's theater. Like like
1: it's a show. Yeah.
0: Why, why not use it? Yeah.
1: So the Florence show probably had four hundred scenes of, of about, depending on what we were doing. Wow. Some songs were some songs were one. Sure. You know? I mean, there were songs that were just like, okay, you're just turning it on and, and off you go. But some shows were twenty five or thirty. A lot of it's muting muting and unmuting background vocals, for example. Okay. Uh um like acoustic guitar and somebody handle walks out with an acoustic guitar hands and it, it plugs it in. You want it muted yeah, when right. that's going on, but then you want to unmute it unmuted when the verse one starts, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's a. it just means I don't have to think about that. I can just, she's talking. I can make sure that I've got also like uh, muting and unmuting vocal effects, you know? So the song ends, I want oh, the yeah. sense to the vocal effects to mute. So then she starts talking He's not drowned in reverb. But when the next song starts, I need a scene that unmutes them when before the verse comes in. So um, that's why, I mean, it sounds like a lot of scenes, but I'll, they're only doing one or two things each. Right, right. And they're, yeah, and they're, and they're, named, they're named that way. Yeah. They're named that way. But like theater, because the other thing that happens is you can program, the desk I'm most, comf- use the most is the Abbott SXL. Okay. And one of the things you can program in a scene is what, what faders are on the top layer at any given point. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if I was going to program a theater show, I would have maybe a well, bank off to the side, my vocal, uh, my uh, band BCAs or groups or whatever however sure. you want to do that. Yep. But I would probably put like, what are the next 16 things to happen in vocal world? like right in front of me and just, you know, I could, I could go through and mute them by uh, hand in a row, like going down the console or I can have a program that does it or if something changes the console, the vocal that I need to get to is right in front of me. When the next scene fires, it might be a different set of faders. So, uh, and I did a little of that on on Flor- both Florence and Lincoln Park where it wasn't necessarily the same 32 faders on the top of the desk all the time. It would be um, uh, like what's on this song? Like on yeah. some songs, some songs the one of the background vocalists played violin. On another song, she played acoustic guitar. On another song, she played electric guitar. So whatever instrument she was playing was always on the same fader. Oh, that's so smart. It's just yeah, it's just the the what that fader was. A one layer down was. A different phase, it, yeah, it was a
0: different input, yeah. but but still, right. it's that so, person's instrument right. is always channel exactly. 18 or whatever, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. yeah. So, I don't have to think about where to go for whatever the heck it is she's got in her hand, I can just go there and and ride that if I need to. Hopefully, I've programmed it so I don't have to do too much of that,
0: yeah, yeah, right. But still, like that, and that's, I mean, certainly obviously something you can do on the, the avid, you know, SXL, but you can do this on. On the digital mixers that we get to use with our weekend warrior yeah, bands probably, too. Yeah,
1: I yeah. just don't know. <laughs> no, yes, no, I'm I'm, sure, I'm, I, I'm sure I know. Ten consoles that do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. but
0: that, like it that works. Mm. That that's great. Know,
1: another thing that like I know that multiple consoles do this as well. You might have a uh, row of faders that are your either subgroups or BCAs or what, what have you, and you you spill them so that you see whatever if you have a vocal like a chorus your chorus. Yep. performers on a vca and you double tap it it spills all their vocals out onto uh, other faders uh, uh, other faders and you can do the same kind of thing there like you can get to it really quickly you don't need 24 faders of vocal in front of you all the time it's just whatever's and and whatever's in that vca can also change scene by scene so it's of kind course. of whatever you need to have in front of you at any given time, you can get in front of you really quickly if you're riding the scenes to do it. Now that process that can take that can take weeks. But again, like with the multi-track record, I I, I kind of go into I kind of go into rehearsals and like really all I want to do for the first week is get a good multi-track recordings of the band and time code and then take that. And program the show, and I'll do it after they're gone. Right. Or come in, or come in the come next. Come in morning. early
0: or whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and like, and write scenes. So I, I tend to write one scene per song, and it's at the start. It probably doesn't change anything. Like, it's just sure. It's just
0: there for, for the program. sake of being there. Right. right.
1: Yep. And then you got you get to some point where you sort of know, okay, now I need to start building out this song. Like, I get, I, I have a basic, like, like the actually back up. The first step is to create. What you might call a static mix where, like, nothing moves. Like, the song starts, the faders might move a little bit at the start of the song, but basically, the song is going to sound fine from top to bottom without you doing a lot of work, right? Yep. And then the next song starts, it fires. Maybe the faders will move a little bit at that point, but it gets same thing happens. So, you've created basically a mix of the song where the faders don't move at all, it sounds fine, and then you go, okay, now it's time to start writing some cues into this where like, okay, I need to get the guitar up in this part. Yeah. I need to get, you know, duck the background vocals out of this part. Cause we, I mean, like we had one singer who stood right next to the drum kit, for example. So like I spent a lot of time with that mic, you know, muting it whenever she didn't need it. Yep. So forth, so on. So, uh, then I'm just on playback. Like I don't need the band to come in. Um, also super helpful in rehearsals when the band does want to come in and talk about, how something sounds, um, they are listening to something in their in-ear monitors that is completely different from what you would do for a mix of the band. Like people don't Oh, of course. Yeah. People don't ask for a mix of the band. I mean, really unusual in my experience. They need to hear <laughs> yeah. they need to hear, you know, the, the snare drum and the bass or something. Yeah, so right. They have very particular requirements. Right. To be able to play along to
0: it, yeah. People, it, it's what, what, always fascinating when some, you know, it, some monitor mix, a recorded monitor mix from a show of a band that everybody knows, you know, makes its way out into the wild, and, and awful, and and people are like, "This is terrible," and it's like, like, yeah, I, like for you, but for the person doing the job in the moment. Yeah.
1: That's, That's what, what they need.
0: Neither. Yeah, like you wouldn't like, want to hear my monitor mix. I I, I uh, wouldn't want to hear it if I was listening to the song. <laughs> yeah.
1: So singers, singers, for example, need to pitch off of certain things. Yep. And um, uh, which by the way was another thing we used click the click track for. Yeah. It was like if you were c- a cold open with a vocal, it would play the note, like oh. before the song started, so yeah. you could pitch to it and then and then hit the note right at the top of the song um so just as an aside
0: oh that's a great Uh, idea of course of course you would do that why wouldn't you do
1: that right yeah right right. yeah Uh, um people need to hear different things when they're to play along to like so i was going to say vocals vocalists need to hear something to pitch to so they might have an instrument really loud in their mix for amount of time you would never like totally inappropriate for
0: for, playback for the yeah. housemates, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Yeah, for no, but for them it's great, but yep. for front of house, it's, no, you would never do that. Yeah. So, in multi-tracking and sit, so I would set up in a separate room with the with the console, the multi-track recorder, program my stuff, and like every so often, the band would wander in and want to listen to something. And in every case, not that I'm that great at my job, but in every case, I would go, "Oh my god, this sounds amazing." But it was because yeah. their monitor makes it, you know, <laughs> it's totally out of context, right? Yeah. So now they hear it in context. That's all. It's really the only difference. Yeah. They're just suddenly hearing, they're hearing their instrument in context. That's all. All right, folks.
0: Have you got a website that's more GarageBand than World Tour? Fear not. Our sponsor, Banzoogle, is here to help. For two decades, Banzoogle has been turning website woes into wow moments for musicians, and now they're dialing it up with their shiny new EPK plan. Picture this, a sleek, professional electronic press kit created in minutes, not months. It's like your band's digital business card, but way cooler. Dive into fully customizable templates, preset layouts that don't suck, and music players that actually play your tunes. Add in a dash of your bio, a sprinkle of gig dates, and a dollop of press quotes. Voila! You're not just in the band, you're on the web. And if you hit a wrong note, Banzoogle's award-winning support team is like your personal tech roadie, tuning up your site seven days a week. Ready for the encore? Banzoogle's EPK plan is music to your wallet at just $6.95 a month. And because you're a GigGab listener, you can go to Banzoogle.com to try it free for 30 days, Then use the promo code GIGGABEPK, all one word, to get 10% off the first year of the new EPK plan subscription. That's Banzoogle.com, promo code GIGGABEPK, G-I-G-G-A-B-E-P-K, when you sign up for the new EPK plan. And our thanks to Banzoogle for sponsoring this episode. All right, Brad, uh, you... I mean, you just shared a bunch of tips and tricks that you knew you were sharing. And then there were quite a few that I don't think you knew you were sharing. But I wanted to (laughs) I wanted to take at least one of them and highlight. You said, you know, in between songs, uh, you wanted to not have the vocalist, uh, their voice going through the effects. Right. You know, when they when they speak to the crowd, it it shouldn't have lots of reverb and it shouldn't be wet. It should be fairly dry uh, or maybe entirely dry. But what you said was what hopefully everybody eventually learns is that you muted the sends to the effects. Mm -hmm. You didn't mute the effects. And the nice part about that is if you mute the effect, the reverb that's sort of lingering from the song gets cut right off. But if you mute the send to the effect, well, then whatever was in there gets to do its thing and the new stuff just is dry. I, I I know this is table stakes for you, but it is one of those things. It's really important for folks to learn at some point. And if today's that day, amazing! Like that's a <laughs> yeah. good day. So I, I I appreciate you sharing these kinds of things with us because they yeah. they are relevant no matter no matter the size of the room. So
1: yeah, for sure, for sure, it's a it's a huge difference. And also, I'll say, if for whatever reason you miss. Like the song starts and you're like, crap, I haven't got the effects on. It sounds way better to turn the sends on to the effect than it does to unmute the effect. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. So it's like just a much smoother transition in both directions. Right. Uh so yeah. So pretty much the last pretty much the last scene on every song was Mute the Vocal Effects Sends.
0: That's really smart. Yeah. if you're gonna do one <laughs> thing for your band do that so that in between songs and you could even like trigger that with a with a foot pedal on a lot of mixers mm-hmm. right you know if you're yeah. if you're trying to mix yeah. yourself from the stage or 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 mm-hmm. you know some blend of that or if the front of house engineer mm-hmm. isn't quite as skilled as say brad is uh then that you know that but it it does make a difference it makes a huge difference
1: yeah its it it covers up your mistakes <laughs> for sure <laughs> right
0: yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah 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 um I did tell a few listeners that you were coming on the show and every one of them had like a laundry list of questions. So I, I tried to kind of pull this down into what I, I thought would be the, the most interesting for you to talk about and perhaps even helpful for the, the folks listening. Um, and if, if any of these tips come up, you know, it, it, as an ancillary sort of added bonus, that's, that, that's what we're after here for sure. Um, but I, the the question I'll start with is what can a band do on stage to make your job easier? And and I realize that you're mostly doing big rooms and maybe what the band's doing on stage doesn't matter as much as it would in a small room, but I'm sure it matters at some level. So what, what can what can bands do to make to, to endear themselves to you, but also to make it so that you can make them sound their best?
1: Mm. Well, I'll say this: like excessive stage volume is a problem. I don't care how big the gig is. That, like, it, it's, I if you're playing from fifty thousand people in a festival and it's just stupid loud on stage, it, it's not so much that it's hitting you or the audience. so that can be a problem. It's getting into all the mics on the stage.
0: Oh, fair.
1: Uh, so it's uh, if I was going to say one thing, it's that be reasonably loud. That doesn't mean silent um i have had i mean i have gone to small gigs here and there and actually asked somebody on the stage to turn their amp up a little bit because i'm standing on the floor in front of the stage in say like a two 1500 seat place yeah and i'm not hearing them and i don't want to just in other words i'd like to have equal amounts of i don't know let's say the bass and this Guitar coming out of the PA. Sure, you know. I see. So you not, don't, you like, don't want have to have to overcompensate one. I got yeah. it. Okay. And I've, I've had that problem where I've had you know an especially loud guitar player, and uh, I've had people come up from different parts of the venue. Like, I can't hear the guitar, and it's like I'm. I can't not hear the. Guitar, yeah. Right. You know. Right. Well, guitar so, amps are very uh, directional. Yeah. Yeah. It can. Be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is was for sure. Like so, uh, I think it's just. Co- you have an acoustic instrument on the stage, the drums, that you just kind of need to go up there and go, okay, turn the bass and the guitar or whatever up to a level that is appropriate with the drum level that's coming off the stage, and wow. let's just and leave it, and then I'll take care of the rest. Yep. Uh, and um, I mean that, I will almost go so far as to say it, it doesn't even matter what size venue you're playing. It probably matters more for a really small place. Sure, sure, sure. But, I mean, it's still a problem. Like, if you have, a you know, a guitar amp. I don't want to lean on the guitar players, but <laughs> it's okay. usually the loudest thing on the stage, right? I, or the I, snare I, drum.
0: I, it is guitar or the snare drum. That's it. it. It Well, and they both live in that frequency range that competes with the vocals, too.
1: Yeah, they, they sure can, And um, which is another subject we can get into. But it, it, if you have the guitar blasting through the – I like using overheads. And if the guitar is just blasting through the overheads, that's a problem, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you can play in an appropriate level, which is basically, let's just find a level that kind of meshes with the, what the snare is doing yeah. or the other in- instruments coming off the stage are doing. And then, you know, I'll deal with that. Uh, there is such a thing as, I'm oh, sorry, I won't go that far. Not, there is such a thing as too quiet also in relative terms with the other instruments on the stage.
0: Yeah, so, makes
1: sense. There you oh, go. Yeah. Do that.
0: Yeah, do that. Well, and and one thing you said in there was get it to that level and then I'll take it from there. So is perhaps a follow up to that, you know, kind of the mm-hmm. old Ronco thing, set it and forget it. Like are, are ch- people who change levels of their instruments on stage an equal headache for you during the gig?
1: Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, unless it's, whatever, if it's the last song, fine. Okay, (laughs) yeah, fair. Yeah, sure. Okay, (laughs) yep. Uh, I do think that once you establish that balance, you need to, you know, obviously want to keep it, right? Yeah. Um, It's really just like, before you give me the inputs, mix yourself a little bit. You know, spend a little time mixing what you're doing. And then it, it just makes my job so much easier. And then I can do things that are, I don't know artistic right more, or, more nuanced you know, yeah or I could pull off technical like technical tricks that I wouldn't otherwise be able to do uh because you know it it, it makes compression a lot harder when you're compressing something that something else is bleeding into that, right um, yep, yeah, so just you know as a musician as ba- as a band member, focus on mixing blending yourself in with the band I mean like, if you go to a jazz club. Right. There there might not even be a PA. No, it often isn't. Right. Yeah. Right. So those those players have already focused a little bit on how they work together and how they blend together. And, uh, you know, if you're going in and mixing someone who's already done that, it's so much easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can. I remember one gig we did with uh, Bitter Pill, which is a band I I play in a lot. And uh, we're pretty. There's two of us in the band who are are also like sound engineers so that helps and everybody in the band really has a sense of of that blend thing and we played an acoustic gig where i was just playing on a cajon and they put two mics out you know maybe five feet in front of where we were playing and that was it and it sounded freaking amazing now it turns out that the the guy whose house we were at is also the chief designer for earthworks microphones. So there was a lot (laughs) of, yeah, it didn't hurt that. We didn't know this until like we were halfway through the game. It was like, what are these microphones and how do you know how to do this? We're in the middle of a field in the you know, backwoods of New Hampshire. And he's <clears> like, Oh yeah. My day job is earthworm. It's like, Oh, he's like, I designed these right. mics. Like, okay. Well right. now, now I get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but good job. High, high five to him. Buddy. Yeah. High five to him. Right. Good exactly. Good job, yeah. But
0: he knew what he could do. And because we were used to just blending as one, it makes a difference. And yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I, I did a, I did a show this summer that was, uh, symphonic it was like a, a string of dates over two weeks where different versions of a symphony would come in or they would do an opera uh and the the, the symphony would grow to as large as 75 or 80 pieces and shrink to as small as oh 20 or so sure uh, and we because this was sort of change every day we you know we weren't putting mics on violins we were kind of area miking as, yep. as you would yeah. say it you know so a mic across two or four violins whatever so um that only works if they can balance themselves within their sections right if, yeah. if and we there was occasionally like you know oh good a, sim, a, a snare drum next to the harp you know yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> so i mean you know you, you that's the challenge right i mean if you get it balanced it stays balanced in that case, all I can do is screw it up, right? So I'm just <laughs> try not to
0: try. Yeah, try not try your best not to. Yeah, no, I I think that's it's a hard thing as a, a musician to you know, especially over the course of a, a several hour show, not to wind up adjusting your levels throughout. And I you know I say that as a drummer. I, you know, I generally am not playing an instrument with a volume knob, but, you know, I I hit harder and different things and I, I play with in-ears. And so the level of things in my ears impacts the intensity with which I play sometimes and sometimes not in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell monitor engineers or if all we have is a front of house engineer, I tell them, look you know, turn up my snare in my my ears if I'm playing too loud. Self-preservation will fix my problem (laughs) or fix your (laughs) problem, right? But, you know, like those things can happen and I find that at the beginning of every set or if we're playing several hours in a row, I'll take an ear out for half a song just Mm. to hear like, okay, do we still sound like us on stage or have things gotten out of whack and, you know, at least adjust my level to that uh, Mm. when I remember to do it. But mm-hmm. it it's
1: yeah i actually do i actually kind of do the opposite where I'll, I'll mix a few songs and put some of your plugs in for a bit yep and then take them back out with mm-hmm. so that i sort of have fresh ears yeah a, a, you know a new perspective and um uh i think like it's a lot easier to think of what you can't hear at any given moment like oh i need to hear the keyboards I can't hear the keyboards. It's usually, like, I can't hear something. Sure. So what happens is the monitor engineer turns the keyboards up, and then you're like, "Oh, the keyboards are too loud." So you just turn and turn your guitar amp up, right? And so it's just it, things just go like this, right? Yeah. Up, 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 it ratchets. Up, up. It's the yeah. <clears throat> it happens to me in front of the house too. I mean, you kind of have to check yourself. Like, okay, well, all right, now I'm the whole mix is hot, and it's because I've just turned everything up. Because at any given moment, yep, something was I, not. I'm noticing. You notice what you can't hear like it's right you're not like oh that's too loud most most of, if something's too loud something's too quiet the first thing that pops in your head is that's too quiet yeah turn not, it up turn that up yep right so um it's the same with eq i think to me it's like it's hard, much easier to tell what's too loud than what's missing yeah. you know from a, from a uh, equalization standpoint so uh i just think that's i don't know i mean i'm, I'm not I'm not a scientist, but I, I kind of think that's just sort of how humans. That's interpret. how we, it, it's
0: how yeah, yeah. most of us react reacted those moments. It's like, Oh, just turn the yeah. keyboards up. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. So that's so when another thing to,
0: when you're mixing uh, live, if, if it's not something that's, you know, rigidly time coded or any of that, mm-hmm. do you, when, when, like when you do that, when you take your earplugs, you put your earplugs in to help kind of rest your ears, take your earplugs out Will you at that point sometimes, if you feel the situation requires it, will you start pulling certain things down to f- blend the mix better? Mm.
1: Um, that does happen. Yep. Uh, it's funny. Like sometimes there's two there's two things that are sort of perspective changers. That's one. Put the earplugs in, and just listen to them with the just listen to the show with the earplugs. It's sometimes with the earplugs in, things will pop out at you. Of right? course. Oh yeah. Like if it's just really loud and you're like, Oh, I did not realize the hi hat was totally missing right from the mix. Right. Or whatever. Yep. The name thing. Uh, And then you pop the earplugs back out and you're like, yeah, the hi hat's missing. So, you know, then you, to me, it's just a different perspective. The other thing, and, and maybe this is just me, I find stepping away from the desk for a minute and just watching the show for 30 seconds without knobs in front of me or Mm -hmm. faders in front of me is it totally changes my perspective on, on what's going on in the show. Like it's, it's a different process going in my mind when I'm turning knobs and watching meters that's going on in my mind when I just go off to the side and watch the show. When you can't can't see those things anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And it does sound different to me. I mean, it really does sound different to me.
0: Yeah, well, it changes your it you, 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 it changes the information that you have to process, and so it makes sense that it would you would perceive it differently, right? I mean, the sound is the same. You know, maybe you're five
1: feet away, but what like like the sounds the same? No, it's like you you can just te- step back two paces. That's like it. Like just get away from get away from the knob. Yep. Uh, I think. It, I mean, again, not a doctor, but I to me it feels like I'm just I'm even using a different part of my brain. Like when that's happening, like it's just not even the same set of processes when I am watching. Instead of as in terms of, you know, that's a good mixing.
0: That's a good way to refresh. You know, in the in the uh, mixing in smaller clubs in the old days, it would be. I, I would. I would. You know, if I was mixing a band or something in a club. I would walk around you know, get things to a point where I felt okay walking away from the desk right yeah. and, and and walk away yeah. and then walk away and go to different corners of the room and just listen mm-hmm. and and process and then go back to the desk and if required, mm-hmm. make changes nowadays whenever I or pretty much anyone does that, you take the iPad with you and you can yeah. make the changes where you are, but to your point, that doesn't change that doesn't give you the I've stepped away perspective. It just gives you, what does it sound like over there with the yeah, knobs I don't in know. my hand?
1: Yeah. Right. I don't know how to put this. It's like, if you step away and, and look, look up at the show mm. now, now you're just listening and watching. Like you're, you're just a listener. You're just absorbing what's happening. But when you're, I, w- I'm, I don't really do that much with the iPad, but I'm kind of going to guess here that if I had an iPad in my hand, I'd still be... You'd still be in- twiddling. That's the problem. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you brought the desk right.
0: with you in those scenarios. Right, right, yeah, so you
1: right. you
0: lose that perspective uh, when you've got that screen in front of you that's the same right. knob. So,
1: yeah. All right, so that, I mean, that could be super useful. Yes. Uh, but I do think there's <laughs> something about about detaching yourself for a moment from the tech. Yeah. You know, just... Just observe and listen without having your finger on a fader. Um, I used to, just, when, when I was mixing Rush, I would do this, I always do this with, during their instrumentals. I would leave, I would just leave front of house. i take like a quick lap around the floor kind of, and just wow. stop and watch. Uh, and then, you know, I had my system tech there in case. Anything yeah, blew yeah, up, yeah, I guess, yeah but, fall
0: hell broke loose. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right.
1: So um, it's a totally different, a completely different vibe from being at the desk with your head down yeah. watching the meter. Yeah. Totally different perspective.
0: It makes sense. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you get as much as you can, you get into audience member mode, right. In those, you, you know, I mean,
1: yeah. And it's like, I don't even know. It's not like I'm being amazed by the lights. Exactly. It's just, a. like I said, I really think it feels to me like I'm using a whole, whole different part of my brain. Yeah. You know, you probably are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah. Good tip. There you go.
0: I like that. Do that. That's a good tip. And, and go if you bar. don't have an assistant, <laughs> yeah, right. Go to the bar. Yeah. If you don't have an assistant at the desk, you can take the iPad with you, just leave it off. And that way, if there's, you know, some major emergency, right. you're right there, sure. you wake it up, fix whatever it is, you know, get back to sure. it, make your way back to the desk. So yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, absolutely. Yeah. That, that moment of just, just listening because uh, mm-hmm. that's what that's what the job is right like mm-hmm. you're doing this so that the people who are there just listening can hear what they want to hear
1: <laughs> like right i mean yeah yeah. yeah it's just a, yeah uh, so yeah i would highly recommend stepping away from it for it doesn't have to be long yeah. i mean it, your your perspective changes i don't know you go over there and like i look at the show and you know, 10 seconds later i'm in a whole different mode yeah so it's just useful that's good
0: that's good yeah 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 um you obviously travel a lot uh, it, when you're on the road with a band and you're in you know a different city every day, your very nomadic life can't bring a lot of stuff with you. However, we all know that we love our creature comforts because we're human beings <laughs> and that's how life is. Yeah. So is there anything that you just must have with you? Uh, you know, like. I I know our friend Dave Cook, who is doing monitors for Natalie Merchant. He told me that he he has to bring his coffee rig with him, his hotel coffee right. rig. Like, is there is there anything like that 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 you bring with you just so that you know your home away from home can feel a little more like home?
1: And it's, it's funny. I used a long time ago. I did a blog for about a year. Oh, really? And one one of my blog posts was called socks and it was just about how different people pack to tour and like i know people who uh bring just like the bare minimum and then do the laundry once a week yeah uh or less even uh or people who bring like the entire legs worth of underwear you know <laughs> so so sure. they have like enough in their suitcase for six weeks or whatever <laughs> um i had I toured with a guy who just went to walmart and bought socks every huh. week or so and then would throw them away as he went that that was um, his
0: treat to himself was always I wearing guess, brand new, new, socks. new socks yeah
1: alright yeah. right. So, I um, mean I can see th- so, like sure like I don't have I don't have a like thing I have to have and like things that I kind of like to have like a coffee maker or uh, um, I will tend to buy at the beginning of the tour and not bring with me uh, I toured a long time with an air popper like for popcorn oh. Right. So, but I didn't like bring it. I went, you know, in rehearsals, I went down to Target or whatever. Oh, I see.
0: Like once, once you sort of got uh, into tour mode or
1: prep mode. Picked it up and picked it up. And I I will say I have gone, I did it. So when I toured with Lincoln park, there's one little part of pre-production where I tour managed, which is scary, but anyway, (laughs) I, (laughs) It was uh, clearly trust uh, you, Brad. Like it's okay. It was, it was just Chester and Mike. It was two people, and they were a lot of interviews, and they were just kind of playing guitar, playing keyboards, and singing uh, for as promotional for the uh, uh, new record. And I came like first day. I came with my Samsonite, with all my crap in it. Yeah, and um, we flew to London, got off the plane in London, and got to baggage claim and i realized they didn't bring anything like at all they had like their carrying that's it what and they're we're, we're all standing around waiting for me right <laughs> to my and i'm like oh this is so awkward yeah yeah so yeah. Awkward. yeah
0: was george clooney there yelling at you about bringing a pillow <laughs> and that's like <laughs> all right,
1: it was like it was like i'm i'm holding up these anyway uh so from that moment on that tour, I just started bringing what I could fit in a carry on that was it wow like so and I just sort of continue that to this day. It's like you know if you if you work on it it's week's worth of clothes, maybe ten days if you if you really
0: you, you know, everything up
1: and, yeah yeah, I do a lot of laundry in the and in the, a lot of wash in the hotel sink <laughs> yeah I, and that works
0: fine, yeah, it really
1: I, can I know my I don't mind it it's a day off, I just hang it up and I'm going to go out and do something.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: But yeah. So, I mean, I used to be the person that brought everything and I'm really not anymore. I don't bring anything.
0: That's amazing. So you ju- you're just a, for the most part, just a carry on That's all Back, backpack
1: and a rolling bag. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Huh? That's fascinating yeah. to me. That's, I mean, it's, I, I can, it makes perfect sense that as your career evolves and you just do this over and over again, you start to realize, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I bring, I mean, we're humans. We, we bring too <clears> much unless we learn not to, I think
1: is, well, I is was forced happens. to do it. And right. I just,
0: well, you were shamed into it. Coupled. It sounds like, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my God. It was so embarrassing. Like, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: anyway, <laughs> that's funny.
0: All right. Well, I don't want to keep you forever. Uh, I, there's plenty more that we could talk about, and maybe we'll have you mm-hmm. back. We won't take four years to have you back on the show again.
1: Uh, <laughs> Whenever you want. I apologize
0: want. for the, for it taking so long, but uh, I'm glad that that uh, you were able to come here. It, anything else you want to share, I, either a story or a tip or or you know anything else? And if not, how how can people so, find you? Yeah, go ahead. Go.
1: What if I tell a story and it turns out I told it last time I was on? We can fix that. We can fix that. I don't even remember.
0: Yeah. I I actually listened to that episode yesterday. Okay. So okay. you, we've you've stop, already stop. shared a few tips that that you shared last time, but you went deeper into them, like the stepping away stop, okay. from the board thing. That that was okay. you you mentioned casually mentioned it last time, but there's there's plenty of things in the last episode okay. that you have not shared at all here. So you're free. Consider yourself free reign. I can edit out anything all I, right. I do. So to.
1: stop stop me if you've heard. This. I will. Um, yeah. So, uh, Getty Lee is a massive baseball fan. Um, and we often would, uh, get together a handful of people from the tour and go to a baseball game. And of course he just always got like ridiculously good tickets, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, up to including the locker room.
0: (laughs) Oh, like special tickets. Yeah.
1: He just had connections. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It turns out he's
0: Getty Lee. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Who knew he, uh, so him and Alex Lifeson and, uh, Robert Scoville, who was the engineer at the time, m- and me, who was kind of the fourth man of the sound crew, yeah. uh, uh, went to a ball game, and we were sitting, I don't know five rows in the field or something, and somebody came down the stairs and came up to Alex, who was sitting on the aisle, and he tops Alex on the shoulder and he says, "Hey, is that Getty Lee?" <laughs> Right. Yeah. They have yeah. no idea who Alex is. Of right? course. Yeah. And Alex turns and looks over at us and then turns back to the guy who says, yeah. And I think that's Alex and sitting next to him. Right. And Neil, I think that's Neil. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not paying. I have no idea this is going right, on. Right, right.
0: Yeah. Alex is just setting this up for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so like, I don't know, at some point somebody hands me a piece of paper and a pen. I'm like, what's this for? And Alex like, he wants you to sign it. I'm like, what? Like, oh, okay. So I sign my name. And I <laughs> hand it to Robert. And Robert's like looking back and forth. He goes, he signs his name. hands it to Getty. Getty signs his name. Sure. I hand it to Alex. and Alex takes it in the hands of the guy. <laughs> Alex didn't sign his name. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. Oh, uh, no. Uh, like, of course, you know, Getty would be the most recognizable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just I don't even know. I'm not sure if I was Neil or Alex. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Fit into that.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: I know he got a he got a piece of paper back and it said Brad.
0: Brad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Brad Robert and Getty. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. I I have I have never heard that story before. So you were free and clear to tell that. I I did (laughs) encounter something the other day, which was a picture of Getty and Alex sitting somewhere. And people swarming Getty and basically pushing Alex out of the way so that right, they could yeah, get right, autographs right. from 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 Getty. Yeah, exactly. I yeah.
1: guess it's a it's a blessing and a curse, right. right, for Alex?
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just how it works. You know, you've got somebody that's so visually recognizable
1: like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he's a singer, so everybody sees him on the screen all the time. That
0: too. That's right. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Yep.
1: I cool. have another. I have another one. Another one like that. Sure. Uh, we were in Japan with Fort Minor, It was Mike Shinoda's like side project, and his tour. Ma- his tour manager slash production manager was sort of a middle aged, uh, balding guy who had sort of shaved his head, sort of come to terms with and shaved his head. Sure. And we were walk- wandering around some park. I I don't remember where, but this group of people, group of kids came up and asked Mike if he would take a picture, right? And he says, oh, sure. And they hand him his camera, and they go and put their arms around the tour manager. Oh. And I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? And they start, <laughs> and, and they're sort of, you know, there's a language barrier. Sure. And they're talking, and I pick up the word, uh, words, Bruce Willis, in the middle of this. They think he's bruce willis and they've added mike the singer for lincoln park the camera to take the picture of this guy (laughs) classic that's classic classic. that's classic i was just just a bystander but i could not stop laughing
0: that's really funny yeah 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 you know people recognize what they recognize whether it's correct or not (laughs) amazing that's awesome Thank you for doing this, Brad. Thank you for My uh pleasure. for sharing your, your tips and thanks for story time there. That was that was a treat too. Um <laughs> how how would you like people to find you if or, or would you prefer they didn't? <laughs> <laughs> you can always send questions to feedback at giggabpodcast.com. We know how to get in touch with Brad. He often responds. That's probably,
1: yeah. that's probably good. Um, okay, great. Yeah. So there we do have a website, Diablo Digital Inc diablo digital.com excuse me d i a b l o d i g i t a l yeah i'll put that link if in the like show notes for you in. sure sure
0: yeah sure. of course of course thank you so much for hanging out it's it's been a blast <laughs> it's been good to chat with you again it's been a yeah, while yeah good to see you yeah it's good to yeah. see you too yeah folks this was uh we did the video for this too so i'll put the video link in uh in the show notes at Gigab and uh, all that stuff and always be performing folks we'll see you next time